Let's get it. We're moving to tower number three. And we are talking more and more college basketball. You sense a trend here. We had another big-time coach on earlier today, Greg McDermott. Now we have a big-time analyst, writer, podcast host. It's that time of year. He is a CBS Sports senior college basketball writer. He is a CBS Sports HQ college basketball analyst. He is co-host of the Eye on College Basketball podcast. He is extremely, extremely good at what he does. Matt Norlander joins me right now. My dude, Matt, it's been a minute. It's great to have you on. It's your time of year. How you living? What's good, dude? (laughs) Jim, that was extremely kind, way too kind. We are doing great. Just got done with an H2 hit, in fact, and... uh... Yeah, man, it is a wonderful time of year. I appreciate you bringing me on to talk college hoops because I, March is still, you know, a week or so away, but uh, it's been a phenomenal month for the sport, and we have no shortage of intriguing team storylines, fun stuff across the board. It's going to be an awesome next seven weeks. All right, so you nailed it, and you're on it. And the fact of the matter is, March is coming up. But I, normally, I'll find you in March no matter what, Matt. But notice I didn't even wait. I didn't wait till March. I wanted to get you in before. So I spoke to Creighton head coach Greg McDermott earlier today after his team pounded UConn. Let me start right there. Since Dan Hurley's team had been a unanimous selection as the number one team in the AP poll this week, do you think that that loss was an outlier, an anomaly for the defending champs, or might they be vulnerable as as we get closer to March Madness. So I think that UConn will lose. I think UConn will lose one more time before we get to Selection Sunday. And whether that's on the road at Marquette next week, whether they get picked off uh, at Madison Square Garden, uh, UConn's elite. It has the highest ceiling of any team in the sport. I've been saying this. I, I mean, I wrote in November after I saw them uh, look just ridiculously impressive that they had the goods to actually repeat, which we haven't seen since Florida. So. They are vulnerable. Now, it was aberrational in this sense, the Creighton game. Creighton went 14 of 28 from three-point range, and UConn went 3 of 16. I don't think we'll see that happen again. Road environment. Um, but I do think UConn's a potentially great team. I push back on the idea. I actually think it's kind of a bit lazy that, you know, college basketball, men's college basketball doesn't have a great team. Well, actually, like Purdue, UConn, and Houston on balance have rated as that for the majority of the season. So I would put those three teams for now in that bucket, and then we'll see if they can live up to those expectations once we get into March there. But the thing I love about UConn is that it has a a team, a roster, and a coach that embraces everything that comes with having a number one ranking. I know you know Dan Hurley plenty well, and they just don't run from it. They have this mindset of, yeah, we, we do want the smoke, and uh, when things go wrong, Dan Hurley had a hilarious social media post a couple of days ago where he basically took a Game of Thrones shame meme and uh, said, see you Saturday. Villanova goes into Gamble on Saturday, and uh, that might not go so well for the Wildcats. We'll see. But I do like UConn a lot, and I consider them at their best to be the best team in the sport. You're on it. I, I love them. I love him. I love them. I love the culture. I love the program. I love the mindset. And you're right. I love that they want that smoke. I love it. So the Big East also gave us the full Rick Patino experience the last few days. He destroyed some of his guys by name following that loss to Seton Hall. He called this season, quote, the most unenjoyable experience of my life. Then he doubled down on that tirade a day later before doubling back and apologizing on Wednesday. I know he gave you a lot to discuss on your podcast. What do you make of the latest ep of the Patino show? Well, this is what comes with it. 
Uh, Jim, I did catch uh, when you brought Patino up on the show uh, earlier this week, and I was I was cracking up because because uh, frankly, it is I mean, these quotes are unbelievable. And this is what you get when you hire Rick Patino. You are going to get all the good that can come from it if he is able to get St. John's back into the tournament, back into a, being a top twenty-five level program. We don't have that yet, but he is not changing who he is from a competitive standpoint. And this is what he is. I mean, when you drop that, I want to die of cold in the frostbite or whatever the hell he said after losing against Creighton, that is Rick Patino. And so uh, after these games, he's highly emotional. He's going to hold his players to a very high standard. This is not new. It is not new. This has been who he has been forever. And I, as someone who covers the sport, and I'll be at the Garden to cover the Big East tournament, I'd like to see St. John's figure out a way to win a few games here and then bring that much more juice. But Regardless, he is providing endless streams of content, and I would venture to guess that even though St. John's hasn't been a reliably good program for the majority of the past literally 25 years, has not won a tournament game since 2000, I think, I think we will look up in a year's time to Max, and he'll have them in the top 25 and bringing the Big East even more storylines than already, but he's He's taking care of it on his own accord, uh, even better than we could have expected in year one. 100%, and history would suggest, history would illustrate that's exactly what's going to happen. Matt Norlander joining us. So, Matt, how about this? Number four, Arizona, is in line to be a top seed in the tournament, but last night's home loss to Washington State allowed the Cougars to move into first place, into first place in the Pac-12, posting WSU's first win over a top-four ranked team since 1983. All of that said, where would you you slot Kyle Smith in the National Coach of the Year conversation based on what he's done this season in Pullman? He's a top three candidate right now. I would give you Dan Hurley at UConn. You look at everything he lost from the national championship team, and now they might repeat Dan Hurley. Just because you're expected to be good should not eliminate you from the National Coach of the Year discussion. So Hurley, Kyle Smith, and then Danny Sprinkle at Utah State, he's just an outrageous story. They didn't return a single point off of a team last season. He just took the job, and and now they're cruising to the NCAA tournament there. So those would be my top three candidates. Kyle Smith and Washington State are on. I think it's the story of the season so far because this is a program that only Northwestern, among all high majors, Jim, has fewer NCAA tournament trips in its history. Hasn't been there since Tony Bennett took them in in 2008, man. Like, they have only won two conference regular season championships in their history, 1917 and 1941. That's the last time. This is, an outra- this is outrageous. So the fact that they swept Arizona, didn't, hadn't done that in 14 years, and kind of stepping back big picture, Jim, Washington State, Oregon State, they get left behind. They get stranded. Everyone else flees off to the SEC, to the Big Ten. Even Cal and Stanford were so desperate that they, they joined up to join the ACC, right? And so Oregon State, Washington State get left behind. A football move, obviously, but to see Washington State and men's basketball now on the precipice of winning the Pac-12 slash Pac-10 slash Pac-8 for the first time ever, I think it's an incredible story and, uh, and a nice little, you know, uh, a bit of a uh, of redemption for a, for a Cougars program that, oh, by the way, this isn't like, oh, cool, like they're going to maybe get a seven seat. Uh, no, team can make the Sweet 16. 
They're led in part by a guy named Miles Wrights, who beat cancer last year and is one of the best players in the Pac-12. No better story in the sport right now than the Cougs. Agreed. It's an incredible story. That's why I put them so high up in the conversation. I love it. Matt Norlander joining us. All right, Matt, so what about you know the Blue Bloods? I talked to Bill Self this week. He told me that he thought the Big 12 could get nine teams in the NCAA tournament. Do you agree with that assessment? And how does this year's edition of that conference stack up against the deepest conferences that you've seen in your years of covering this sport? Yeah, it's it's pretty deep. Um, I, I think that nine is definitely in the equation. The Big 12 is absolutely loaded. We've got a, a you know, a, a just tomorrow on uh, on CBS, we've got, We've got just a huge, huge lineup, and Houston at Baylor is, is going off at noon Eastern, and that is major. I mean, Houston making the jump from the American Athletic Conference into the Big 12 and not dropping off at all. Like, Houston has rated number one at Ken Palm for 90 straight days. I think UConn's feeling is higher than anyone, but Ken Palm's metric has consistently said this is the best team in the sport, and there's been no drop-off. It's been insane, and I know Kelvin Sampson's uh, a friend and fan of the jungle there. For the Big 12 overall, it's going to – it's going to put at least eight. Nine is on the table. I think ten is probably unrealistic. It is among the deeper leagues, but I actually think there's been a couple of years recently where it has actually maybe been better overall, but nevertheless, Houston National Championship contender, I'd say Iowa State's a Final Four contender, Baylor a Final Four contender, Kansas a Final Four contender, and then you talk about you know Grant McCaslin. He wouldn't be at the top of my list for National Coach of the Year candidates, but 19-7 his first year at Texas Tech. They're in there. Mark Pope, what he's done at BYU has been insane. TCU's on its way. Texas is on its way. And then Porter Moser has uh, Oklahoma still in a pretty decent position to, to break on into the tournament. So the Big 12 is loaded. It will have multiple teams in the second weekend. And I would expect at least, you know, it's hard to get to a Final Four, and sometimes it can be uh, a bit of randomness. But I would expect at least one Big 12 program finds its way to Phoenix for the final Well, I think so, too. Love Porter. Love Mark Pope. Glad you got those guys in there. Matt, what about – now, the SEC is kind of intriguing. They've got – they're in line to get maybe nine teams in, but six schools are only separated by three games at the top of the SEC standings. Which team do you think or do you have the most confidence in at this stage of the season in that conference? All right. Now now you're tapping into something here because the SEC is fascinating, okay? It is a deep – it's a deep league. It's going to send could – send, it could also – here's the thing. SEC could also send nine to the tournament. Now, it would need a few things to break its way. But who's the best team in this conference, man? Alabama plays at Kentucky on Saturday, CBS 4 p.m. Eastern. Kentucky coming off just a freakish loss at LSU on the last play of the game there. Um, if Alabama can get that win on the road, and it might, and that might be a race to 90. Like, if you're listening to this interview and you've been kind of dipping in a little bit here and there with college hoops, Saturday is a wonderful day for a lot of it, but Alabama-Kentucky could be like a watchable two hours where they are trading buckets. Rob Billingham of Kentucky is as watchable maybe as any player in the sport. Doesn't play a lot of defense, but on offense, he is he's a wonder. He is a blur, man. So I think there's something for Alabama there. Tennessee has been mostly consistent, but I'm not going to you know talk around the fact that Tennessee under Rick Barnes has been a tournament underachiever. So in the context of this season, they've got Dalton Connect. Dalton Connect is going to be the better or worse of the sport, Jim. Dalton Connect is going to give hope to like 300 players at the low major level that they can go into the transfer portal and suddenly become a first-team All-American. It's just not going to happen like that, but that's what this dude did. Northern Colorado to now being maybe the skeleton key that can unlock Rick Barnes' NCAA tournament potential. We'll see. I would say I think I would trust Tennessee more than any other team. I just saw Auburn lose at home last weekend. I was in the jungle. I just saw Kentucky win there. 
South Carolina is good. Metrics-wise, they're not up there. I would go Tennessee, but there's a lot of undecided matters and questions with the SEC right now. It's going to get a lot of teams in. You'll have teams on the 9, 10, 11, 12 line probably, but uh, but it's got talent. There's no doubt about it, but they're just a little bit more unpredictable on the whole. So, Matt, before you go, what about Kentucky? What about the BBN? What about my guy, Cal? So, John Calipari comes in after that big win over Auburn, and he's talking junk, and he's saying, and I love Cal, and Cal's like, hey, look, man, enough, enough. Don't bring it to the players. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring me the heat. I want it. I want it. And then they go out and they get beat. How do you think this thing ends for Cal? Like, how much longer? I mean, the fact that he has stayed in that pressure cooker as long as he has, and the fact that he had an all-star game where he had seven guys playing this past year was a great flex, but there's a lot of heat on him, and we know the BBN's coming for him. How do you think that plays out, and how do you think that ends ultimately? Man, so I was at the Auburn game when they won. I was in that, I was in the media room when he walked in, and it was just, it was one of the stranger ways I've heard a coach start a press conference. Like, oh, you guys were almost like he thought the media was rooting for Kentucky to lose and expecting a loss. Which, well, there's no right. almost to it, my man. Right? That's exactly what he was saying. I know. And then he's like, "Hey, leave my players alone. Keep attacking me, Jim." They lost at LSU, and he bounced after three questions the next game. What are we doing, Cal? <laughs> like, we can't we, we keep can't attacking me. So I'm I, done. I cannot wait for the post game between Patino. And Calipari and their post-game presser moments, it's, just, it's, it's really given Rocket Fuel the sport in the past couple of weeks here. How it ends for him, uh, great question. I don't think like there's any situation, frankly, that, that he wouldn't be coaching them next year. Um, he's gotten them back into the national conversation. Yes, there's been some ups and downs. Their big, Kentucky fans' big issue is that Rob Dillingham, who I mentioned before, and then Reed Shepard, who has just incredible poise. I'll have a feature on him and his family coming up next week at CBSSports.com. He has uh, a wherewithal on the floor that is undeniable, yet Calipari is not starting these guys. Now, sometimes defensively he might have his reasons, but it has brought a ton of heat. The contract, I mean, Calipari, he's still got, I mean, millions upon millions upon, I mean, millions coming to him. Um, I still think he's there for a few more years uh, because I also keep coming back to this. If you want to talk about where Kentucky goes after Calipari is done, and whenever that is, two years from now, five years from now, whatever, who is going to be the coach that can inherit that job, keep Kentucky at what the fan base expects, top 10 level nationally, and handle, like even the Kentucky job now, Jim, is not what it was when Cal got there 15 years ago when you think about how media has changed and everything. So someone one day will have to take it over. Uh, but replacing Calipari, even with only one national title, I get it. Even with that, it is, it is way easier thought and said been done i think he's done a decent job but i tell you what like if it will it will be world on fire if kentucky doesn't even make the sweet 16 this season because fans are they are certainly fed up of of having all this potential and not coming through they don't want to hear about all the all-stars that he's had come through because that just reminds them hey you had all this talent but you haven't been to a final four since 2015 hey you had all this talent we didn't cut down the net since 2012 so it kind of goes both ways with him. Yeah, no, BBN's rough now. BBN's coming for him, but Cal doesn't back down. It's going to be fascinating to see. That, that is not an easy gig, but I, I, I do think that's absolutely hilarious, Matt, that, and I love Cal, but the Cal's whole thing, man, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring it to me, and then he bounced after three questions. That is actually hilarious to me. I find that very funny. Matt, it is your time of year, and I wanted to get to you as soon as I possibly could. It is great to have you on the show. As always, you are doing tremendous work, man. Have a great weekend. I know it's a big one, and I think we'll run you down again before the end of the season. 
Jim, I appreciate that so much, man. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, link up in March, and you have a wonderful weekend. You too. Matt Norlander joining us. He's one of the best. Now, I remember when Matt started. He he is so good at what he does and has grown so much. And, and I'm not being patronizing in any way. This guy is awesome. Awesome. Awesome in how he works. Awesome in how he thinks. Awesome in how he reports. He He is a great success story. Great content. So when I say I'm proud of him, I'm proud that I knew him when and that he's doing as well as he is right now. He is a pro. Love Matt. Just attack me and leave these kids alone. Cal's so great. Just attack me. Leave these kids alone. And then he goes out and he loses, and then he bounces after three questions. Please just leave my players. That is so funny. Let them be young and learn. I love Cal. keep attacking me. How do you not love Cal? I mean, I I know a lot of you in the BBN don't love Cal at all. But I, I get, since I've known him as long as I've known him, that just cracks me up. And it, his buyout, if I'm not mistaken, is $33 million. So if you want to run him out, you're going to have to buy him out. Now, BBN's pretty well healed. That, that job is not as easy. I know, BBN. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in Lex Vegas. I know this. That job is not as easy as you think it is. Man, that is a pressure cooker and there's always going to be that yeah but one championship one championship and when he flexes or flosses all the NBA players that he has that only gives them more fuel for that fire yeah but how many rings it is hard to win championships and remember what it was like when he got there no nobody remembers Anyway, fascinating program, fascinating guy. Can he get it turned around? Can he get them where they need to go? And if not, who's next? There are some young coaches that are being mentioned right now. There's going to be a lot of turnover this year. There's a lot of coaches that could be on the move. I would predict there's going to be some high-profile guys moving. Because all of a sudden, you've got some really high-profile coaches that are not doing quite as well. They might need a change of scenery. And there's going to be some programs that want some new blood. There's going to be a lot of turnover. And this tournament's going to be wide open. All right, when we come back, we are open the rest of the way. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. I want to go to the conversation I had with Greg Berhalter if I can. But if not, open phones. Got <laughs> I got a smack-off champ on the line. I love it. <laughs> you never know when they're going to come. I've got one. I love it. So do me a favor. Get your phone out. And then do a search. A simple search for the Prize Picks app. It's already on my phone. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members and growing exponentially every single day. The reason I love it, and I was never a daily fantasy guy, but the reason I love it, it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Because unlike other apps, on Prize Picks, it's just you against the numbers, not you against the sharks. You against the numbers. You have one job pick more or less on two to six players and their daily stat projections. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1000 bucks. Quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players, sports, and stats. All bonus things, too. 
That's Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app right now. Use my code Rome R O M E and get a first deposit match of up to one hundred bucks. One hundred dollars. Who does that? That's the code Rome on Prize Picks for a deposit match of one hundred bucks. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You do have to be present in certain states. Visit PrizePicks.com for restrictions and details. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time that you also get rewarded? Now you can with Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account that rewards everybody with cash back on everyday purchases, no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit, Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, so I mentioned that I've got a smack off champ on hold, which is always a good thing. You never know when they'll call. You never know when they'll call, and there's a very finite number of them, right? There's been 29 smack-offs, but not 29 winners. I'd have to actually do the math. How many actual people have won the smack-off? I do not know the answer to that. Only that there's been 29 events, but because there are multiple, multiple winners, I don't know. But I've got one, and I'll get there. This guy is already guessing. Hey, Rome, let me guess. The smack-off champ on hold is that wine snob Silk Panties. Silk Panties. Doesn't he have to be substitute teaching fifth period PE right about now? That's from at H of Spillane. No. First of all, how do you know it's him? But to answer the question, no. He doesn't need to be substitute teaching fifth period PE right about now. He already called earlier in the week and reminded us it's ski week. Remember? But that's your guess. All right, fine. That's your guess. Why don't we find out? We go to the phones. A smack off champ on hold. Silk. What's up, brah? Brah, what is up? Silk panties. What's up, dude? Silk Not panties. much. I wanted to weigh in on um, uh, the first caller. You know, I got a little. I'm as a history teacher, but I, I fancy myself a little bit of a jungle historian. So awesome of you to mention CC, dude. Uh, I remember I Ray and I went to the first clone stock at Jack Murphy Stadium, and we ended up meeting CC um, Brad from Encinitas. Yeah. Uh, and if you re- Remember, the first legal guardian of the jungle, Scrooge from Vista, dude. There were, I mean, it was, I think Chad from Dove Canyon might have even been there. But it was really awesome. Now, I can tell you, as a young guy in my early 20s, I think I called the night show maybe two or three times. um, But I really started participating on the midday show. But I'm pretty sure, I think I predate Iafrady, but I'm pretty sure Raider Mike, I, Ray, and uh, Pat, you could probably throw a blanket over the three of them. It's a photo finish. But um, I can tell you the origin story of your CEO gloss form, and it's because you facetiously dubbed the um, Charlie Browns the World Tour, which was always super funny. But then you did a little partnership with the old National Sports Grill, and for whatever reason, you decided to visit three of them in one day, and I think it was on a Saturday, 
And that's the one where you lost your voice at the very end and it turned into the Mr. Microphone show, which was funny. But what you noticed when you showed up at the Anaheim Sports Grill or National Sports Grill was that Pat, because back then he was just Pat from Chino, he had liaised with them and set up this VIP table right in front of you and the Bulldog. And he had like all the clones that called the show and he had it all dialed in. And he continually did that. So the next time you were live on air, you dubbed Pat and Chino the CEO of the World Tour because he's the one who dialed in the World Tours for all the clones. Uh, so then you just shortened it to the CEO. But Pat was the CEO of the World Tour. That's where the CEO came from. Back. Dude, that's incredible. That, that is an incredible story. I'd forgotten about that, but you're right. That's exactly how that went down. Silk bra, rack him. That is awesome. Bra. That's a backstory that even the nut wouldn't have. Stuck nut wouldn't have known that. I had forgotten that. He's right. There was one day, and they sold this. I did three appearances, tour stops, but not really tour stops. They weren't, because they were local and regional, they were not world tour, although I would call it the world tour, but it wasn't like I went to Kansas City or I went to Buffalo or I went to Sacramento or I went to San Antonio, but they did a deal with the, quote, National Sports Grill. It was a sports bar chain. I did three of them in one day. I did three hits in one day. And, you know, for the first one, it was highly populated. For the second one, some of the crowd moved to the second one. If Silk was still on the phone, I can't remember. He's right. I did lose my voice by the end of the day. I can't remember if the first one, was it a Saturday? And did was the first one a show? And then was the second one an appearance? I feel like the third one, we ended up at a skating rink. But anyway, there were three in one day. I mean, this is how they used to handle local radio back in the day. Man, they'd move me out there, and we'd move it along. But it was a legendary day. We had three appearances, and the client was big enough that they had multiple stores, multiple restaurants around Southern California, so I just hit each one for a couple hours. And the CEO, I think by the time we got to the last one, had organized it accordingly so that the VIPers got their spot. Nice job, Silk. Even I had forgotten that. So that's why the CEO was the CEO. Because he was doing CEO-type things. Three appearances in one day. And I did lose my voice. That's why I used to always talk about it getting tour stop voice. Because after the tour stops, or the appearances, I would show up on Monday like, Aah! because you'd be screaming over a bar. That's why I've always picked my spots. And then back in the day, I don't remember when California banned smoking in bars, but it was one thing to scream over the noise in the bar, one thing to scream over the music in the bar, another thing to talk nonstop over the noise in the bar. I always would show up on Monday just thrashed. And then the smoke. Nice job, Silk. And Silk going deep. And he mentioned Scrooge. Scrooge was a legend. But, 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 no. You said the legal guardian. The legal guardian was Ephraim. Ephraim. If you want to go way back, now I'm talking about people not that used to participate, but people that did participate that still participate. Like Albert Kinnebrew, the CPA, was a legendary faxer. Bill from Orange which is really ironic to me because we were in San Diego and you had a guy from Orange who was a legend. 
If I'm not mistaken, I think Bill from Orange sent the legendary facts about Monica Sellish and the beaver-like chompers that I couldn't get out. He was a legend. But they have all since gone away. But not Silk or Iray or the CEO. Like, how are these dudes still listening daily 30-plus years later? It's incredible. Props to y'all. I love you guys. Trapper would still be here if Trapper were still here. And by the way, I think Trapper still is listening somewhere. Traps like us, babe. 30 pieces of silver. All right, when we, well, okay, might as well, as long as we're Trapper, taking a walk down. Or not. As long as we're taking a walk down memory lane, as long as it's Friday, as long as we have all these feel-good vibes, why not? Let's go to the phones again. Parody Larry. What's going on, Larry? Hey, Jim. What's taking, buddy? What's up, dude? Hey, what do you got? This is the chairman of the soundboard, just for him. Do-do-do-do, my name is Alvi. I work here behind the glass. If you self-gloss or state your name, you know I'm going to run your ass. If you hear something late at night, it's me and the wife just getting nice. Geoff, don't ask me what it was. Wells, don't ask me how it was. James in Portland knows how it was. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. <laughs> Why, Alvin? Why did you run him, Alvin? <laughs> yeah, Alvin. I always love Alvin's reaction. It, it takes him like 10 seconds to answer the question, but his response to, why did you run him, Alvin? Quote, it's just bad. What, that? That was bad. I guess it depends on what your de- definition of bad is, because that was no worse than usual. That's his normal, man. That's what you get every time. What do you mean that was bad? That, that's normal. That's what you get. Except he seemed to butcher his own lyrics. It's like he forgot the words to his own song. Anyway, Lawrence, don't say that I didn't try. It seems like you forgot what song that you were parodying. And then you forgot the words to the song. Like some drunk performer who showed up on stage and forgot one of his most famous songs. It's almost like you weren't prepared to be on the air. But then again, I know why you wouldn't be, Larry. Because you call all the time and I never let you on. So why would you expect to get on? No wonder you weren't prepared. It's like, holy crap, I'm on the air. He put me on. Now I have to do this song that I didn't actually prepare to do. Dude, why did you call if you weren't prepared? That makes no sense. Why? why? You... There are other ways to listen to the show, Larry, than being on hold. Why would you call if you weren't prepared to do your parody? And you weren't. You forgot the words. You forgot the song that you were trying to parody. So you weren't prepared. Then why did you call? Why, Larry? And don't turn it around on me and go, hey, Rome, like you always say, why does anybody do anything? Because they can. Yeah, but you couldn't. I agree with Alvin. It was just bad, even for you. This is what I get, Larry. 
This is what I get for doing the right thing and putting you on. You let me down, bro. Larry, I want you to think about this all weekend, and then all next week when you're not allowed on, and then the week after that when you don't get on. Think about it. And next time, prepare. What would you all do if I took Larry's approach and I showed up here every single day in the box without preparing? I don't talk to anybody. I don't watch anything. I forget what I'm doing mid-thought. I interview guys that I don't prepare to talk to. I just wing it, man. I just wing it. What would you do? Man, you'd respect that so little. You'd find another show. That's what you just did to me, Parody Larry. I don't do that to you. I don't disrespect the listener by doing that. Don't disrespect the host in the show by doing that. Larry, if you're going to do a bad parody, at least know the words. No disrespect. A lot of disrespect. Come on, man. Dude, you're living off that one time you rushed the stage like in 1948. Come on, man. All right, when we come back. Alvy's not happy with you either. And Alvy normally doesn't care. Like, nothing sticks to Alvy. Alvy doesn't care. Alvy knows that as soon as we're done doing what we're doing, he's on the road. He's going back to mill with the kids. Y'all get there, Alvy. Chill out, dude. Like I said, he doesn't care. Break. The fat alarm. The fat host is going over. So going back to a question that I posed, which I did not know the answer to, how many callers have won the smack-off? We've had 29 smack-offs, but how many people have won it? 16 is the answer. 16 have won the smack-off, and if you count Mike and Indies as a whole win, it's 16, so maybe 15 and a half. So panties. This guy writes, quote, more like unpreparity Larry. Am I right? You are, dude. Well done. I like that. Unpreparity Larry. <laughs> Ian writes, damn, Lawrence. I usually get a kick out of his parodies, but this one was so bad that I'm not even sure what song that was supposed to be. I, I don't know either, dude. I think that he was trying to take us to the second floor. I think. But I don't know. And I think he forgot halfway through it. Hey, Jim, tell Larry to go ahead and put out his biggest hits album, not greatest. Or maybe consider doing the Christmas album because the clock's a ticking. Wesley near Boise. Hey, Jim, as a mail carrier, I carry pepper spray for dogs. If Parody Larry were anywhere near me right now, I would empty the bottle into his eyeballs. One ATP. Vance Mack, why do you hate dogs? All you talk about is horses and cats. Sorry we're not in the 1% to own a horse, and cats are ass. War jungles karma for me this weekend in my local prestigious bowling tournament. Harry in the 716. 
Hey, Harry, do you have that little wrist thing? You got your rosin bag, brah? Do you have the right ball for the right laying conditions? Dude, I love dogs. I've told you many dog stories. Part of it is we had that dog massacre in my family that was really traumatic, so I don't want to go back to that. Dude, I love dogs. I love animals. I'm not anti-dog, man. Stop putting your bull crap in my mouth. So go out there, dude, and, and when they set up those little fenders in the gutter so you can win and they turn on the lights, have a great time. Man, don't do that. Why do I hate dogs? Sorry, I'm not in the 1%. They can own horses. Man, don't do that. Don't bring that nonsense around here, man. Do better, Harry. You're not getting any, quote, jungles karma with that attitude. I hope you have your own shoes, brah. Otherwise, you're going to end up wearing a pair of shoes that have been worn 8,000 times, and they're going to empty a can of aerosol that's got nothing in it. Come on, man. Go ahead, Albie. Do what do, you do. Do, do, do. My name is Albie. Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Hope you had a good weekend. Nice to have you here. I am broadcasting live from Southern California and really happy to be here. Let's get it. Commissioner Ears and company decided to jump the very same shark once again. They basically decided to pull the shark out of the water and have the shark jump the shark this time. A bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco. When you- oh, that's- My man was that bored that he went that hard on Frisco. We were all that bored with that game. Can't even walk around. Though. You see, I did find positive things to say about that game. Can't walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. I guess I owe it to my fans. That's this been- might have been the most insufferable part of the entire weekend, and it's got nothing to do with any of the terrible basketball. La cap on the la microphone. I've never been that great with praise. Stop lying to people. Vincent Goodwill. I mean, if I'm Doc Vaughn, I'm saying, hey, y'all couldn't let me just stay in Cabo? You're going to do this on Monday morning? You couldn't have done this on Sunday night? If I got to bring my happy ass back to Brooklyn, New York, where it's probably snowing right now? Name one time in my career that I ever, quote, punched a fart box. And dropping zingers like tongue-punching fart boxes. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. If you're one of his players, how are you feeling right now? He said we're slow. He said we're weak. He said we're unathletic. Unenjoyable. But those dudes are going to be ready to run through a wall or run to the portal. War Patino using angel hair pasta as a contrast. Ah! But the real MVP could probably be found up on the second floor. Dude, dude, no, no, no. The second floor, Alvin. The second freaking floor, Alvin. <clears throat> we're going to go with Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden D. And we're going to go to Penix and Bodix and McCarthy and Michael Brad. And then we're going to go with Spencer Rattler from the Gamecocks. Yeah! Dave Roberts joining us. You know what? I, I just sort of live in a world of common sense. To watch him on the day-to-day, Romy, is something really, really special. But if he don't win this year, he's going to get canned. If they don't win four, it's a butt. Bill Self, incredibly, last week you were ejected for the first time in 20. 20- one years yeah. at KU. It was a four-letter word, but it wasn't what you think. It was joke. But you know, in all honesty, probably had it coming. Email. Bill Self ejected for the J word. Jardians. Well played. Especially if the fat was <laughs> mixing a salad. Hashtag JN. That's two. You're gone. Get out of here. Why don't you push away from the table for once? That's three. You want another one? No. JN. You got one more right there. We got knock off the head of the snake. Fifteen. You mean like affect the head cut off the head sounds like ap was channeling triple g andrew brandt yeah that's something they don't want 
comment on they're not happy. I can tell you that. And my sense would be Antonio Pierce got a call. Raider fan, Rich Cannon ain't walking through that door. Remember when for two decades the Raiders stink and the Chargers would sweep the season series? I don't understand why you're doing this. You know? And now you've got all the media outlets going in on Doc. It's not what I wanted to do. It's like I had no pleasure in jumping in any bed that may have been infested with bed bugs in Vegas. No, I can't get it out of my head. Randy Bennett joining us. I'm glad you mentioned Augustus. I was going to ask you about him. Like, So, a new Augustus. Augustus, sweetheart, save some room for later. The X! Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Prize picks. So, I go over to prize Global picks. Global warming. Global warming. Jim, this stuff's so easy. It sounds so easy by the time you were done with it. Jerry? Jerry Garcia? Ted Nugent thinks that's over the top. It's Mount Rushmore, bro. It's not Mount Baldy. How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. How did I do it? How I do it? I had a blow regimen, and I stuck to it. I had a blow process. Strict diet of blow. Who's Bochy joining us? Well, our led the American League in fielding percentage. Our fielders aren't fielding well. So much was talk about our hitting. Our hitters aren't hitting well. Our pitching, our bullpen was a challenge. Pitchers aren't pitching well. And what's your beef? My beef is with you for mispronouncing my daughter's name on her cameo. It's Saidi, not sorry. Cooks that want to have the most wonderful and unique spelling of a child's name. You're just making their life difficult forever. What a burger, Cooks. Look at all your cars and your measly drive through Ah, uh, I mean lack of cars. To degenerate at the craps table. He rubs the felt, rotates the dice. Hey, Senor Rome. Vince here, hey. I'm doing a circuit, man. I got four machines going. I go, oh, you paying for four memberships? How much fine, buddy, over five. Way to get that today, Alvin. You love the pitch, don't hey, you? Hey, Jim, I'm trying to have as many jobs as you. I'm more fat chicks with dirty necks. You're my guy, Romy. Take care. Less thinking equals Dom. Take over. Less than 1.5 three-pointers. Thanks, Romy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I love you, Boach. Rome is the sports radio. What the Pope is to religion. Live it. Good night now! And good week. Good stuff, Alvi. Huge call brought to you by Dell Technologies. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Save right now at dell.com slash deals. It's a great Friday. Hope you have an amazing weekend. Thank you for listening. XR4TI, way to dig in. See you Monday. We're out.